and you're listening to Lost Queens. Now I feel okay. Anyways, hello, hello, hello. Um, my name is Flower, and we are Lost Queens, and I am a sad Lost Queen because I'm going through a breakup. Nice opening. <laughs> Clean as fuck. Thank you, thank you. Um, anyways, I am 23, and I'm going through a breakup after what two and a half three years of dating yeah yeah um so i'm going through it and i would just like to say that this is our first time recording in person so it's complicated (laughs) if we sound scuffed i'm so sorry (laughs) we really didn't know how this was going to work with all of us in the room but we're here we're giving it a go you know we're lost for a reason so if i could describe the setup um we're all hunched around one mic um there's a mirror looking back at us so we can see ourselves and how disappointed we truly are with ourselves and you know i'm the host for today's episode and my name is flower and i have my co-hosts nick and larry hello great and i was like you know what i feel like we should talk about me going through a breakup because that is traumatic and sad and i feel like people don't talk about the harsh realities of going through a breakup and i think my breakup's kind of unique not that I'm like trying to glow. Is that weird? Is that <laughs> too far? I don't think that's Anyways, weird. I'm obsessed with the Reddit thread of relationships and I like go through and stalk it all the time. I'm like, what's going on with people's relationships? Let me know. Let me know. So I've been contemplating if I should post mine or not. So I thought maybe I'd share it with all of you guys and we can see where my relationship's at. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Right. So. Larry and Nick know a little bit. Let me retell the story like it's a Reddit post. You know how they do the am I the asshole for? And they do the whole thing. And like I always see it on TikTok. I'm like, that's how I want to do it. So, are you ready? Yes. Are you ready, Nick? Yes. Okay, great. Um, so I, 23 Indian Muslim, and my boyfriend, 23 Asian Kiwi, Right? This is what I've written word verbatim. Are in love and want to be together, but religion, life, and long distance are getting in the way. Is my relationship already doomed? Were we meant to meet but never meant to be? Was like going to be my like little clickbait section. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a little sad because like the minute after we broke up, I was like, I think I was in the bathroom and I was like scrolling through TikTok and I saw that stupid little quote somewhere and it said, were you meant to have met but never meant to be? And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go cry now for, like, another 20 minutes. <laughs> so I, like, wrote it down. Anyways, so um, the story goes, me and my partner met um, in his last year of university, his fourth year, and my third year, and I still had another year left, right? Mm-hmm. Super cute. We met. We went to opposite unis. He did engineering. I was doing my stuff. Oh, is that me too? Is that too much for me saying he did engineering? No, I don't. There's a lot of engineers. There's I a doubt, lot. Of, yeah, I doubt. Oh, someone's gonna be yeah. like, oh, I think this is Flower's boyfriend. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, is that so and so? The only Asian <laughs> doing engineering? Not possible. There's a lot of Asians doing engineering. Okay, you've humbled. You've humbled me. You've humbled me. All right. So, anyways, so we started dating. We dated for a good year. Um, actually less than a year, and then he got a job back in his hometown, and we were like, oh my god, we're so career-driven, we'd never let a relationship get in the way of a career, la-da-da-da-da, 
And so he moved back and we were like, let's break up. So we broke up. A couple of months went by. We were like, oh my God, I can't live without you. And so we got back together and we've, we've been doing long distance ever since. The cute thing is, right, when the pandemic hit, I like ran down over to go stay with him for the first lockdown. And then I did the same thing just recently and I went in lockdown with him again. However, things have been a lot different, right? So we had like a little bit of a hiccup. Um, and we're currently on a break slash a breakup. Like it's really hard to define it. Um, and we're having like a few major problems that's breaking our relationship. But overall, we do love each other deeply and we know we can live together and live happily. Um, there's, he just wants me to move down and I don't know if I'm ready to do so. And there's some like other things that are in the works as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there are like three main factors if you guys are, lis- are like ready to listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Factor one, I've always been a big city girl. Right. New Zealand's not a big country and it has. I would say two big cities. Guys, we have more sheep than people. So. <laughs> <laughs> a big city is just, she's a small what is town it? Two, girl. Two, two sheep to one person? That's a lot. I'm pretty sure That's it's like, like three. Three sheep to, you know what? Let's up the ante. Four sheep to one person. <laughs> you wouldn't be wrong, to be honest. So I've only come from major cities. I used to live in Wellington and then I moved up to uni to Auckland. Yeah. Which are the two biggest cities if it's ever going to get, right? Yes. And like, oh, mm, sorry. I think Wellington has about 500,000 population, population of 500,000. And then Auckland is like at what? 1.6 million or some shit. Mm. Right. So Round that's a lot. Right? Sounds, sounds reasonable. <laughs> Which is small considered to a lot, a lot of other countries, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But like for us, that's massive. Um, so I've always been a big city girl and I've always belonged to niche communities, mm-hmm. right? I feel like if I go any further, I'm going to out myself and who I am. Yes. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to name those small niche communities. But anyways, that's where I kind of belong. And I really like, I really love my small communities and it kind of makes me whole as a, like a human being and as a person. Mm-hmm. Anyways, when I was living down with him. Like, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I enjoyed his house. I enjoyed his flatmates, living with him. We did a lot of sports, a lot of activities. Um, and I also enjoy being a homebody. But I feel like I'm, when I'm down there, I'm living for him. Like, I right. exist there right. for him and when he wants to spend time with me. And if I'm not spending time with him, then I'm kind of like on my own buzz, you know? Like, I'm doing my own thing, applying for jobs trying to find things in the community that I can do or just existing on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you guys know what it's like to not be in a major city in New Zealand. The amount of colored people, like, decreases drastically. Yeah. Right? You go through, like, some small townships and stuff and you're, like, not a colored person in sight. <laughs> To paint a picture of, like, how small some, like, towns outside of Auckland is, you go outside and it's, like, a ghost town. Or, like, there's, like, not much people out. You go to a gas station. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's, like, no one there. The gas stations ain't even open. So, like, there's, like, not that many people. And people of color are very rare. I feel like I feel like that's with most small towns, though. 
Because, like, in, in New Zealand, a lot of the diversity, like, in New Zealand, a lot of the diversity comes from big cities. Like, you wouldn't see POC outside because we settle where the opportunities are. Mm-mm. And in small towns, there's, like, zero opportunities. Unless you were looking to be that, like, farmer family that's, like... That trained sitter. That's, like, hanging out, you know, in the small town. Everyone knows Bill and Joanne and <laughs> They're four kids, you know? So if you're not really looking for that lifestyle, a lot of POC go for the big cities because that's why they moved to New Zealand in the first place. Yeah. You know, like your immigrant like families, they move for the opportunity. So, yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, <laughs> no, but his POC Asian family decided to move. <laughs> oh, I said the name. Anyways, to a far, far town. Far, far yeah. away. So his family decided to move to a smaller town. Yeah. And they've been doing really well. They're flourishing. They're a, like a standard banana, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Mm-hmm. Very acclimated to the white lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have a very small family, which contradicts directly to me, which is very brown. Mm-hmm. Like a rotten banana on the outside, you know? <laughs> A very heavily family involved, all of these things. And like growing up in Wellington and, you know, then coming over and moving into Auckland, I've always been around colored people. Yeah. And being around too many white people scares me. And I hate to say it, but it's, it's the way it is. Like even right now, the flat that I live in is owned by two white males who I live with. They're fantastic people, but the imbalance is so real. Mm. Right? Like, of course, they're the two white owners. And then everybody else who's renting is, like, people of color. Mm. Like, you can just see that disproportion. Mm. Anyways, this small town that my partner lives in is very white. I think we went on a walk this one time, and we walked past some Asian people, and I did the white thing of, like, saying hello to them. (laughs) And they were, like, kind of shocked. They were like, why are these people of color saying hi to me? Because it's such a white people thing to, like... Good Walk. evening. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> well, partner. Hi. Or well, like, how's you it going? You your hat and you do a curtsy. <laughs> okay. Fun evening. We're having <laughs> Okay, we don't do that. We, you know, you know the standard, like, hi. Or like, oh, good how's it going? going? Yeah. Yeah. Or how's it going? Or something or rather. Or if they've got a dog with them. Oh, gorgeous dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a beautiful breed. You know? Um, but anyways. Sorry, my mom texted me and I was like, oh my God, I need to see this. (laughs) Anyways, so living down there with him was really nice. Everything's good, apart from the fact there aren't a lot of POC people. And we went to a party. We went to a party and we were the only people of color there. And I didn't realize. And then when I realized, I felt so uncomfortable and I felt so out of place. And these people are like going on about like drugs and what they do on the weekend and <laughs> and like all of these things. Not the drugs. <laughs> no, but Their like first question. But drugs. like they were going on all what of kind these. Kind of coke you snort. <laughs> <laughs> you want you some? Do you need some? <laughs> but I they got were, some. They were going like on all these ventures and stuff. I felt so out of place. Mm. And and like I wish I could have talked to them about something. You know when you're like in a room full of colored people and you just have that understanding of like family dynamics or like yeah. knowing that you've all grown up kind of doing the same shit. Like none of that was there for me and I So it's like hard to relate almost? Yeah, it's it's like we're too people from two different worlds, right? Mm -hmm. Because these are people who are like, yeah, I started drinking when I was 15. I do drugs. Like, 
I'm really open and okay with my body and my sexuality. And not like, not me being like, uh, that's like me. <laughs> I moved out of my parents' yeah. house at like sixteen no, or some but shit. I, I, I get the I get the whole like being uncomfortable with a room full of white people because like you're like you're, the token like you're the token POC in yeah. that room. Everyone's kind of just you know, vibing and they're talking about stuff and you're not really included in the conversation. You're just kind of there. And then when you try to relate to them, you can't really relate at any point. So you're just kind of left out and you're like, okay, I'm mm. just going to stand in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were getting lit to like Sweet Home Alabama. Oh God. <laughs> Which is it? Okay, look, it's a good song. It's a good song. Is it messed up that I kind of like... <laughs> it's a good song. I'm not doubting the song. But then they said like you say there. that and I like got YMCA played yeah. in my ball. I just mm. imagine people they, like doing like the fucking can can YMCA. <laughs> okay. But they had like after that they put on seventies music mm-hmm. and they were okay. all getting turned to seventies. Okay, 70s. I can vibe to seventies music. Okay, but I can't vibe to all fucking seventies music. So really what we're trying to say is um Larry can hang out with any people. <laughs> Okay, I'm not Larry, though. And then they played, like, 2000s music, and I started hearing oh, some yeah. Neo, some Lady Gaga, yeah. some Rihanna, and I thought, oh, give me the, give me those colored people. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, having a good time, and then suddenly somebody's like, let's put on 80s music. And I was like, I want to <laughs> nick myself. I want to nick myself. What kind of 80s wait, music, yeah, though? 80s music is, like, very... It's, 80s music is good. Like, okay, I only what knew... What they put on? I only knew every one in ten song that they played. Okay. But that just means that you don't like 80s music in general. The thing is, though. But they're that type of people. Right. What right. I'm hearing is you just didn't want to be there. Yeah. No, no. I <laughs> no, fully I mean, went like, with the intention of wanting to get along and, like, getting to know these people. Yeah, but you're clearly, like, you're, you feel like you're an outsider and that you don't belong there in this current moment What that you're describing. Yeah. And, like, I tried to progressively try to get to know people, but there were some people that I I just, like, looked around and I'm like, everybody here's got an ulterior motive. And to describe, like, who my friend... What do you mean by ulterior motive? They wanted to play 80s music. No, no, (laughs) like... That's their ulterior... They're going to start playing bowls, like, outside. No, I wasn't... Okay, look, I wasn't expecting different languages of songs and all of this stuff. Yeah. But for my like my example and the friendship groups i've always been a part of and want to be a part of is we go out together we come home together okay. right oh. we go we go get turned we get we're there for a fun time but i looked around the room and i'm like some people here are like happily in a relationship some people here are literally trying to fuck mm-hmm. some people here are like trying to be the center of attention and i understand that there will always be those dynamics in a group but it was it was that feeling that I didn't belong to a specific group, even though I was there with my partner and his flatmate. Is it like lacking the culture where like, you know how like people of color, it's, I know what like I, my Asian community, cause I'm Filipino, it's like, oh, uh, come like, come like join us. Like mm. for us, it's like, especially with food, we're like, oh no, have you had some? Like have some. Mm. And I know like some, with, with the palm colored people, they're always like, they'll like eat by themselves or they don't share food or they're not used to like, sh- like they have like individual meals. Is it kind of like that where like the values are just different so you couldn't like integrate yourself because other people had their own like view of why they're at the party. Like yeah. for me, 
for us, I, 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 well, I'm assuming is when we go to a party, it's like, I want to hang out with people in this party. I want to meet new people. Mm-hmm. We're going to like be in this party together. While as like some people go there as like, oh no, no, me and my friends are just going to go there and we're just going to have a good time. And we don't even know who the host is. But yeah. Fuck it. Like, so it's like, it's that dynamic of, um, exclusivity instead of inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you're, when you're in that sort of like party and you're in that like realm of it, it ends up what what ends up happening is that a lot of them just because they've like you know um, they're not necessarily there to make new friends or include anyone else into their circle. They're basically there, you know, for uh, and and rightfully so. It's a party. We're not saying everyone needs to be inclusive. It's a party. You do whatever the fuck you want to do, but it's like. That vibe of like, I'm here with me and my friends and everyone else can fuck off. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit about everyone yeah. else. But I think like people of color, we've always had to hold space for everyone else. Yeah. And we've always had to like hold space, not just for like white people, but also for people of other like ethnicities because we know how they're feeling. So we naturally gravitate towards being like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, how are you? You Who are you hanging out with? Come hang out with us. You know, like, because we know that they also feel like they feel left out, right? Yeah, so exactly. And there were some other girls there who were only in their own clique, taking selfies, really. Like, you could tell that they wanted something more that was just this party. Like, this party wasn't satisfying enough for them. But because we're in such a small town, they kind of had to deal with it. (laughs) Oh, so this was just, like, their pre-place. Uh, yeah, but they Pre-placed called- to what? It was a small yeah, town. Yeah, they couldn't go anywhere. It was a small town. And I was like, I don't think, you know, the clubs are we're open gonna hit, this lockdown. We're going to hit the fucking sheep farms here. The four square <laughs> on the side. We're going to tip some cows over. But, okay, okay, look, we've diverged a lot. But basically, that one party was kind of like a moment for me to be like, am I actually ever going to find something here that is so valuable to me that I can find deep and meaningful relationships because to be honest as colored people we've always been taught like you said to be welcoming to be inviting to be one in the same and all of that stuff so to not have that or have like white people yeah it like fucked with me yeah and and the thing is is like okay this suddenly I feel like the little segue. We're not shitting on white people. Not, yeah. But the thing is, is y'alls have not gone through the process of feeling what it's like to be left out because you've always had a place in society. So when you are in a situation as small as being in a party, you really gotta like check yourself because at a party it may seem like it's all fun and games. But there are a lot of dynamics that are playing into it's it. It's so messed up how we're being so careful. Like, it's funny how we're like, we're not we're being, being racist. racist. No, like, the thing is, like, <laughs> bottom of the line. Still holding space. Yeah. Even no. in our podcast. Bottom of the line, she was uncomfortable. Different cultures, different people that she's meeting. She wasn't comfortable. Like, I, I feel like we might as well just be unfiltered about it. Because if this was a white person being like, they're just a bunch of brown people right? in a room. <laughs> Like, like people be like, of course you, right. of course they would be uncomfortable. Right, You're the right, only right. token white dude there. No, it's absolutely. The same. It's, the, it's the opposite with her. Like, opposite. It's the same yeah, thing. Like honestly, sometimes, and like I remember, at, like in high school, there were moments where I'd be like in rooms with complete like white high school students and white teachers, and I'd be like, what the fuck? How am I the only colored person in this diverse school? so-called diverse no, but school. also, no matter how white you are on the inside, yeah. you'll never be that 
you'll never be that. You'll never be them. Yeah. Right? No yeah. matter how white of a person you can be from the inside, I could know every song, every lyrics to Sweet Home Alabama. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to feel that connection mm-hmm. with these people. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, my partner, right? Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. flatmates. I remember the first time I went to go see my partner's parents. Mm-hmm. This was a year and a half into the re- relationship. Like, a year and a half into our relationship. And I was shitting myself. I was so scared. I had never met a parent, right? Yeah. And so I was telling, I was telling, um, the flatmates that I was like, Hey, I'm really scared. And they're like, Oh, don't worry. You know, you guys have been dating for ages and stuff. And then they had realized that this was the first time in a year and a half that I had met them and they were losing their shit. They're like, what the fuck? You haven't met his parents and you've been dating this long. They're like, Oh, me and my girlfriend have been dating for like, two months and they've met her and i'm like how do i tell when we got into the car the one thing we both my partner and i both said to each other was they're white people they'll never understand Wait, i'm sorry is okay. it normal to like meet your the your parents right away like because okay actual, that's a white people thing yeah actual facts like my dad fully like admits this dad if you're listening you told me <laughs> it's your fault my, my like i asked my parents i was like because um my partner is like oh like our parents are okay we're talking about our parents meeting right yeah i don't know if that's like a normal thing or i, okay, I have no idea isn't that like wedding status See, like meet? yeah par- parents so meeting my partner like their family is a bit like more like whitewashed than mine westernized is the appropriate okay term. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be appropriate now and say supposedly hey pass me some of that pizza okay <laughs> um, we're eating pizza it's they're like more westernized than mine and like um my partner's mom keeps asking like oh like i've never i haven't met your parents yet i mean we've been dating for five years that's pretty fucking long but like um (laughs) not long enough with the ring (laughs) no because like my parents i shit you not my parents parents so my grandparents only met each other literally as they were planning the fucking wedding isn't that how it's meant to be though right Am I insane? Like, what no. the fuck? No, but the thing is, like, I'm always like, or like, how are you introducing your partners to your parents when you've been dating for one month? What if you break up the next day? Exactly. Like, why are you so quick to be if like, this, they're hey, literally what I'm going through right now. If there ain't going to be like a ring soon or like there's mm. no hope of that, why? What's the point? I think also like my, um, when I was like dating my ex, right? You guys already know this, mm-hmm. but. Oh my God, you have an ex. <laughs> No, I've been single for my whole life. No, um, so when I was dating my ex, his family didn't know. Obviously, you guys know this, but his family didn't know. Hint, hint, he's a Filipino. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he was Filipino. Um, he, his parents were really strict. So he grew up in like that environment and his family didn't know that we were dating. And I remember like the first time. I met his dad. I met his dad at the mall and we pretended like we were friends. <laughs> that we were like friends buying a gift for another one of his like friends that we were going to like the party of. So it was just really awkward and stuff. But I just remember like thinking, I was like, I don't understand how like, I was like immediately right after. I remember having a conversation with like one of my friends from like high school, right? And she's like white. So she was like, oh my God how how does his family not know that you guys are dating like i don't know how i'd put up with that and i was like (laughs) and i was just like no it's not because like 
it's not because he chooses not to tell them. It's just like there's a certain dynamic in like POC mm. households that you just need to, you don't understand. And like, it's, it's just so much more than being like, if I could tell them, I would. Like, it's not that, mm. right? Do you know how many times? Okay. So my partner only met my family after two years of dating. Mm. And I was kind of in the works of like marriage. And I told my family, you are not allowed to bring up the talks of marriage with him on the first time you meet him. Mm. I'm like, you have to give him more respect than that. Get to know him as a human being, right? Mm. How the fuck am I supposed to go back to my family and be like, oh, BT dubs, we broke up. Have you not? No, I'm not going to tell them until we finalize it in two months time. Mm. Because my biggest thing is I'm not here to play the we're on again, off again bullshit. Okay, yeah. Right? Once we finalize it, it's finalized. I can tell my family. But... I remember telling him, because he's only met my family twice. Yeah. And before he showed up, every single time I said, if you ever have any thought of breaking up with me, do not show up. I think it's embarrassing if you show up and meet my family and the other day I have to tell them, oh, by the way, we broke up. Yeah, that's. I think that's facts. Mm. Because, I okay, like, maybe it's just, like, messed up shit that they've ingrained in us. But is it just me? Like, my parents, okay, my parents are like, don't, like, don't risk it for, like, a dude or whatever. Like, I'm like, I'm just chilling in a library. <laughs> the fuck are you guys? They're like, they, they forbid me to go to the library and, like, see this boy. I remember my dad being like, I know you really like him, but you're only in high school, you know. It's a matter. I'm like, I'm going to study, father. Okay. I think I think it's because, like, in POC culture, it's quite taboo to have a relationship and then yeah. break up. Okay, I would just so, like, like to say, mm. Malala. She got okay. married. No, no, no. Huh? She I, got engaged, right? You she know got Malala? engaged and married? Malala is the girl who got shot by the Taliban in the head. She got a Nobel Peace Prize. Anyways, Malala. <gasps> that girl with yeah. the butch. Listen, listen, I would just like to say that she got engaged and she dropped some IG photos of her wedding. And I would like to say, no matter how fucking famous you are, no matter how many Nobel Peace Prizes you have, as a brown woman, you will still keep your relationship secret until you're married and then drop it on IG. Until it's halal. <laughs> oh my god. No, but that's like facts. Like, I, I feel like with POC culture, it's so taboo to like break up, divorce, anything where your relationship's yeah. not working. Like, it all has to be inside like this household, right? Like the family. And so that's why I feel like they're constantly being like, no, you can't risk it for this guy. It's the generational shame for me. Right? Mm. Like, you can't risk it for this guy. Oh, you like him? It's not going to work out. Like, you should wait till you're older. Like, I would just like to say, Malala, I'm so happy for you, girl. You look stunning in those photos. You're living my best life. <laughs> okay, I feel like we've digressed a lot. We really deep dive into that POC people and white culture. So, bringing it back. <laughs> so, bringing it back, I've always been a big city girl, right? Are you clinking on my podcast? No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so, first thing, yeah. we, we love each other. Second mm-hmm. thing, I'm a big city girl. Yeah. The second point is, he loves his hometown. He, like, absolutely loves like it. Like, he fully grew up there? Yeah, he fully grew up there. He goes, you know, the community he has, the sports that he plays, his co-workers, his flatmates. Everything is amazing. He feel, it feels like he settled there. Yeah. And like, already. Yeah, dude, he literally is, you know, building a house there. That's his retirement like, village He's, plan. like, dad mode already. Yeah. He's, like, 22. So, you know, because he's Asian and because of the way his mom has raised him, his idea is to set himself up by the time he's 30. Oh, right. That's, uh, Which I respect. Look, I respect. 
And, right, so he loves his hometown. I can't be mad at him. Mm -hmm. The third reason is, as a Muslim person, right? Yeah. Since day one, since our first date, I've told him if he wants to be with me, he needs to convert. Yeah. And he needs to get married. And that I do not want to be dating longer than three years. Wait, what? I told him. I'm like, I don't want to be, like, introducing you and being like, oh, we've been dating for five years and we're not married yet. Like, right. me pushing it Did to... Did you hear that? Do you... <laughs> I feel like that was specifically directed at someone. <laughs> no, but like... No, but like, if you think about if it... If you're listening, you know who, who you, you are. are. But my mom, right? She got arranged marriage. She had to say, yes, I like this guy. I'll get married to him without knowing anything about him. Wait, so she met him? Like... Yeah, she met him over like tea once and was like, yeah, sure, I'll get married to him. Worst decision of her life, by the way. But yeah, and like my auntie and my uncle have been together for like a good 20-something years. Same thing with them. Actually, my grandparents didn't even get a choice. They didn't even get asked if they wanted to marry the man. Their father was just like, this is the man you're marrying. And then got married. So for me, to be able to say that I was with somebody for three years before I even got married is a huge, huge step, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be that person that was like, oh, we've been married for like three years, but together eight or whatever. Like, I'm not here to be like, oh, I'm five years in a relationship. I I need that stability and I needed that commitment, not just for me, but for my parents, right? Mm. Um, I needed to give them some security as well. And as a Muslim person, there's only so long that I can prolong it, right? So at the end of the day, we ended up ultimating ultimating each other right he wanted me to move down to him and i said i would only do that under two conditions one i had a ring two i was actively looking for a job right Mm -hmm. at the end of the day by the time i had left there was no ring on my finger which for me indicated was it possible for him he told me a little while ago that he was ready to marry me whenever which was really cute and lovely because that's something that I needed to hear when we were having a previous conversation about where our relationship was at. Mm. But what confused me was how can you tell me that you were ready to marry me 10 months ago and here we are 10 months down the line and you can't even tell me that you would have a ring for me. And like, I get it. I know that I would probably want a big fat ring and it's something that's not feasible to you right now. But I'm the kind of person that if you put a fucking candy ring on my hand, I'd say yes. Have you told them that? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. The realization during this film. It's like, okay, like, I've done that to my partner. Like, I do this subtle, you know, like the whole, like, isn't this plant nice? And then you have, like, your, your, like, the ring in the photo in the background, or like, isn't this outfit cute? And there's, like, the ring in the background there. And I've, like, I've dead ass, like, sent links. I'm like, here's some examples. Doesn't have to be twelve um twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, so like my partner knows that because I worked in a jewelry store, I really know what I want, and it's an oval solitaire, like one carat because my hands are quite small. But even that would cost like around ten grand or something. And I understand he's got a lot of finances and he's taking care of me, so I don't expect that money to come out of nowhere. You know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to set all of these high expectations, but. It's it's funny because I've joked about it, but to be honest, if if he put like a fucking flower ring on my hand, 
it was Pretty a cool. promise was a promise i'd be like i'm sold but like it's interesting because it's so much more than that there's so many other factors that have come into play and like i've told you guys about it like yeah. am i ready to pick my life up mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the biggest thing i always have to think about is as a feminist and as someone who's growing up with the fact that they like i know the freedoms that i have been awarded that my mother did not have mm-hmm. that my auntie did not have that my grandma and my and my nan didn't have mm. To, to go through the shit that I went through as a child, to grow up poor, you know, the lifestyle, the shitty lifestyle that I had been raised in, to then be able to say that I have actually got graduated, that I have graduated with a university degree for me to pick up my shit over a guy. Okay, so it's kind of like you got all this choice, right? And you have this opportunity, but you just don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. I'm representing not just myself at this point. Like, my success... Like, generations worth of, yeah. like, built up. Yeah, my my success will not only just bring me up, it'll bring my mom and her hard work as a single mother of four children. Mm. And then my grandma, who had 12 kids and was married off at the age of 12, mm. you know, was never offered an education and opportunity. My auntie, who had so much educational you know, potential, but for her to be married off and then just to become a housewife, which is a very important job, but I can see that look in her eyes when she tells us, like, what her scores used to be mm-hmm. and what her grades used to be and how she was voted the most likely to be, you know, the most academically advanced and stuff. Mm-hmm. For me to be like, am I really about to give all of that up because of this guy can't do long distance for another year is like the, give what up sorry like opportunity like for me to give up all of that opportunity and move down because this yeah. guy that i'm dating isn't is like i'm so emotionally distraught that i cannot spend another day away from you and it like almost reminds me of this i can't remember who quoted it but do you know how like people want flowers and there's this whole quote about position Instead of, like, preservation. Like, you're so obsessed with something, like, a flower. And you're so obsessed with its beauty that you want to obtain it. Mm-hmm. But once you pick it, you'll kill the flower. Yes. Right? Right? Okay, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just watching and walking past it every day and observing its beauty, you're so obsessed with the position of it that you end up killing it. Mm-hmm. And and like that's kind of like where I feel that I am because my partner expects all of these great things that I know I'm capable of, but I know I won't be able to achieve them when I'm in a different city that's not the city I'm in right now, mm. right? When you're in a pot and not a garden, exactly. Mm. And like, I like I think it's so sad because we're the right people for each other. Like, you guys have seen me in this relationship for the past two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I was three years single before that. And, like, I think we just suit each other so well. And we get along really well. And I'm, like, really sad. Do you, like... Okay. That's kind of, like, so... That's, like, so specific. But, like... Do you ever, like, see yourself being... Like, are you... Or would you be happy, like, giving, like this like this life up going to him like could you when you think about like obviously surely you had like the scenarios go through your head like did when you ran through both what went through your mind i think it's like 
both ways, I'm never going to be 100% fulfilled, right? Mm. I feel like if I go down and live with him, there will come a point in my life where I will resent him, mm-hmm. right? Because I remember the first date that we went on, and I remember talking to my best friend, and I was like, oh, this guy wants a house, kids, a wife, a car. Like, this man wants a picket fence. Mm-mm-mm. And a picket fence was never my reality. Yeah. I think it was somewhere very far down the line. Mm-hmm. But I've never had the financial stability to be like, oh, I'm going to have a picket fence and a husband and, and a car, two cars, three cars, and some kids in the house. Yeah. Right? I never had that security in my life for me to be like, that's something that I can achieve. Hmm. So for me, it's always been happiness that I've been going for. Yeah. And it's, and I am happy with him. But I've always, always wanted to be a person of my own. And I feel like growing up POC, so much of me is always trying to fit into the mold that my parents have created for me. And I think, Mm. you know, being with my partner as long as I have was lovely. But now I feel like he's created a mold for me. Mm. So how many molds can I fit into while still being myself. Are you fine, like, when you're free of that mold, right? And you're trying to, like, like be your own person. Like, are you going to be okay with not having that mold there to, like... In a way, sometimes it, like, guides you, you know what I mean? It, like, guides you to do better and it guides you to do more. But when you're free to do your own thing, are you going to be able to, like, handle that? Or will you... Like, say you say, like, okay, you stripped away of your independence, basically, and you're off with this dude, right? Um... And that's, like, stable, but then it's not um, challenging you. But what if the opposite happens? Like, first you say, like, you might regret, like, not being with him. Well, no, being with him, but not pursuing your dreams. Mm. But, like, what if you pursue your dreams and you, like, find out it's, like, not the thing. And then you're like, shit, I probably should have been with him. Like, do you you ever, like, weigh those out? Yeah. Actually, there was a really good study done about choices. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, this stemmed from a really good conversation I was having with my flatmate because I was telling him about, you know, that North Korean chick who like escaped? Which one? Oh, okay. <laughs> There's like a bunch, but she did a TED talk and essentially she was talking about how so being, oh, accessing so much freedom is overwhelming her that she actually enjoyed being back in, like she enjoyed North Korea because you only ever had to worry about your next meal. That's kind of messed up, though. That's kind of it messed is. up. But there was a study done with the jams, right? And it was at, like, a market or whatever. And people had four jam options. Let's say strawberry, raspberry, marmalade, and apricot. Right. There was It was very easy from those four choices for people to make a decision. They're like, oh, well, I don't like apricot, and I don't like marmalade. Mm. Hmm, I like raspberry or strawberry. I always eat raspberry, and let me try strawberry once. Yeah. Right? But once they extended that study out to 12 jams, people were overwhelmed with the amount of choices that they had. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't think it's necessarily the amount of choices you have. I think it's like, I don't know if this is like the perfect example though, because like with those situations, you go from like having two options to a drastic change of having like 14 options where you have to like feed, take care of yourself, pay bills, do all of these things, right? So it's like the change was quite drastic. But if I reckon if you were to be given that like those freedom of choices over time, you're you yourself will be able to build onto being able to be like, okay, now here's like another thing that I need to choose and decide out of. Like, it won't be like suddenly 14 different choices hitting you at once, right? Um, So I think like with that scenario, it's like a little bit different, but I get what you're trying to say. Like the 
the choices of like the the choice that you're having to make it's like quite difficult and like you don't necessarily know until the outcome happens after like the two months and maybe like a year down from when you've made your decision what that would look like for you like yeah. at the moment two months like for me personally two months isn't like a long it's nothing time. it's nothing it's actually. gonna go by literally in a snap and i don't think that's like a long enough time for you to be able to decide what you want but i think like it's long enough for you to be able to i guess like go out and see what life holds for you and what are like the possible opportunities and sparks that you can create for yourself because like if you are happy in that then you definitely know that like well not definitely but you know that with your partner that maybe staying with him wasn't the best choice or maybe you didn't like those opportunities and you were like hey maybe like moving down would be a better option for me yeah there's a fine line between like you know like minimal choices and oppression and then there's like <laughs> overloaded freedom yeah, yeah yeah so like my biggest thing is like i feel like at the current point that i am in in life being 23 we're so young i'm really grateful that i think if i tell my parents like hey you know it hasn't worked out yet and if it does down the line that'd be fantastic but i haven't failed enough I haven't failed enough here in this city for me to pick up my shit and leave. Yeah. And that is like that's what the bottom line is for me is like that you haven't quite explored enough of the opportunities for you to suddenly move to a different town. Like it like you, the end game hasn't reached the end game in Auckland yet. Yeah, like I've just planted my seeds and like I haven't seen the fruits of my labor and There's so much growing that I've done in the past, like, four years that I've been here that I'm not ready to give up on that. It's, like, okay, I don't know if it's just, I feel like the people I know, but I feel like it's really popular where some people, like, they're trying to build themselves and then, like, they like someone, but it's, like, wrong place, wrong time or whatever. And they're always, like, oh, you know what? Like, if we're, if I'm, like, 30 or something and I'm still single and I'm not, like, fully taken, like... Um, maybe it'll work out then yeah like do you ever like is that like a possibility for you because actually like some people take that seriously i don't know i don't think i've ever taken any promise like that ever seriously and i've made a couple of promises like that in high school and mind you if any one of those people are listening i don't take them seriously so don't don't hit me up at 30 but i i think if you're not serious when you started in whatever situation you are that you decided that you were going to say this confirmation to this person and make this pet, then I don't think it holds any value. Because no matter how long, like, say it's like a year, say you're 29, you made that, like, pet of being like, if you're, you know, at when we reach 30, which is a year from now, if we're still single, let's hit each other up, right? But so many things can happen, like, not just you finding a partner, but so many things can happen within that year Maybe you didn't even want it at the end of the year. Maybe when you turn 30, you're like, actually, I'm really happy with, like, the way I am. I'm really happy being single. I've, like, finally decided to, like, work on this or, like, work on that. Like, maybe I don't really need a partner. Like, so many different things can happen that I think, like, a pack like that, you'd have to have, like, serious commitment to that pack to be like, yeah, I'm going to hit this person up if I'm still single. 
Okay. Oh, here's my perspective. Is like, I think I might be borderlining on like the Demi spectrum, right? So do you guys know what the Demi spectrum is? Sorry, explain. It's not Demi Lovato. She's a she's a bit Demi Lovato, guys. No, not a Demi Lovato. Um, so essentially, the Demi spectrum is that you only want to be physically with someone after you have a very deep emotional connection. Oh yeah, okay, that's definitely right. Me. Yeah, so um, I might have it wrong, but that's just like my vague understanding of some of the parts of Demi sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. And. The way I feel about my partner is quite true, quite... Like, I think I'm a little weird, and he's a little weird, and I think we both somehow work really well. And I can't say that there's somebody out there for me who would work just as well, but I'm not banking on the fact that, oh, maybe in five years' time, if we don't find someone, we might be ready. Like, honestly, this two-month mark, for us to, like, come back together and see where we're going is just so we have something to meet up about and be like, hey, have you grown without me? Are you happier in life? Are you are you fulfilled in the way you think you were going to be fulfilled? Did you both, like, <coughs> did you both have, like, the idea of what you would be doing in this, like, break slash breakup thing? Because what if you're like, I'm going to grow as a person, I'm going to try new things, and what if he's, like, planning to like propose to you after like two months or some shit or are you on the same page or so we're kind of on the same page we open the floor we're like hey you know if you want to hook up with somebody go do that if you need to go i think what we both agreed on was that we've both kind of lost ourselves as young adults so like as people you know changing from university to like working people i obviously haven't been able to find a job in the pandemic and stuff like that Mm. And we've always been at different stages in life. So, lucky for him, walking out of uni, he had a job lined up for him. I have been unemployed for the past six months. And I can feel that gap. I can feel him wanting to do things in life that are, like, so many steps ahead from me. And I'm just not there yet. And, like, the two-month mark is for us to catch up and for us to realize if both of us are willing to sacrifice for each other. Because we both love each other dearly, but the more I think about it, the more I like have these conversations with people, I feel like there's so much growing that we need to do apart. And, you know, there are some great stories out there of people doing long distance and then like they end up together. Like you know a friend of ours. I wanna name names. Just blop Yeah, just leave it out. Oh really? She and her partner did... Aren't they married, though? No, they're not married yet. But they've done a really long time, long distance. Like, they were both in different countries. Oh, shit. Yeah. And now they're together. It depends, because I feel like... Okay, like, the high school age, the mentality, you cannot have a long distance. Oh, no, 100%. But, like... like, I I just feel like you're not grown enough in high school. Yeah, but I'm not sure about, like, our age at the moment. It's such I, a, okay, but no. But I still don't think, okay, I, this might just be me personally, but I still don't think that, like, I'm grown enough to make a decision like that. I am grown enough to know what works for me, but even I don't know, like, if, you know, I got hit with some guy that I really enjoyed and really liked and loved having in my life, if I would be able to risk all of it in Flower's situation to go 
to a different city or even out of the country for him, right? Like, but I don't know that. Like, I haven't been hit with that situation. So I feel like we're still at that age where we've got a lot more of life and experiments for us to do before we, like, are ready to settle down and be like, this yeah. is it. Unless, unless, of course, in Nick's case, you've been in a really long it, relationship. It's so funny. <laughs> like, like, your early 20s, like, from, like, high school, uni to, like, graduating – the age like like not the age like the the lifestyle varies so drastically because i it's fucked because like i like finishing high school i'm like okay i'm gonna study something that like it's weird i don't know if i told you guys but i I was like i'm gonna study something that's gonna make me like be able to travel all over the world like i fully like legit my my plan from like since i was so little was like i'm gonna be like some whatever the fuck I was gonna find and I was gonna travel the world and not have like I wasn't gonna like be a home person. I was legit just gonna like be a nomad and go around the world. Absolutely. I'm not I'm not gonna be tied down by anybody. I'm yeah. a free spirit. I can do whatever I want. But the interesting thing is actually around this time of when you're finishing uni is a lot of make or break time. Yes. For like relationships because my best friend has done a five year course and her flatmates or like the friends around her have just been going through breakups because they've realized I've just done this whole entire degree. The world is my oyster. Am I really about to sacrifice all of that down for a person? You know, regardless of how much you love them, how much you would love to have a life with them, at some point the the opportunity cost is just so outweighed that like sometimes no amount of love can kind of persuade people. It's... It's, like, different from different people. Like, it's weird. I feel like I peaked really early. (laughs) And I, like, messed up a lot of shit. And I, like, fucked up so much that I'm, like, ready to settle down. And obviously, that's just me. But I don't know. Like, it's really hard to make these decisions, like, at this weird turning point in your life. My best friend is so settled. (laughs) Like, out of our relationship, she's always been, like you know the one that's kind of always known what's going for her what she wanted to do like where she's going to end up in life and so she's had a really long relationship they're like high school sweethearts as well and they're still going really strong they're planning on this might be too much information if you're listening and you know who i'm talking about but you know they're also planning on getting a house together in about two three years um not in auckland obviously because that's mad expensive fuck that shit getting a house in auckland we have no future (laughs) but you know like they're at a point in the relationship where they're they're doing that and you know they're like super domesticated but it doesn't like she's also got so many ambitions for herself that she's like working on you know she's someone who's part of a community like different communities as well which i'm not going to name um (laughs) but you know she's also part of different communities and she's doing her own thing she's super independent and i feel like yes some of it is to do with you as your own person but it really does have to do with like your dynamic with your partners as well like not saying her relationship's perfect like she's definitely you know confided in me with different things that they're going through their relationship and even at times when she told me that you know they're so close to like maybe calling it quits and they've been like going out for a really long time and they're still not engaged or married but that's only because they both agreed they're not really the type of people to settle down that early so i feel like their understanding is like really well like they 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 work really well together and both of them have a lot of things going for them independently but they can also 
ride it or die together. Like, you know, that's like kind of the vibes yeah. they're going for. So I think it really just depends on your partner. And at, at this age, it's like people are getting married or people are traveling the world. Yeah. Like you're at an age where you look and see high school friends engaged have a child pregnant like ready to settle down and then you'll have like the other spectrum where it's like oh i just got to an exchange out in italy or i'm like out here traveling the world i got hired by a modeling career yeah i can afford rent today (laughs) i'm starving myself on mega rings no but like even like hearing all of that's fantastic and i think the biggest thing that i'm gonna say in two months time is like Oh, I had something to say in two months' time. I do. And that thing that I'm going to say in two months' time is that I think me wanting to get married was something that was so heavily ingrained to me by my parents that I don't think I'm ready to get married. Like, when I think about it, I al- I've i always wanted to get married. Don't get me wrong. I want to be married. Mm. I want the henna. I want the handy. I want to dance at your wedding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I want the haldi night, the nikah, the everything, right? I'm I'm so excited for all of that. But I don't think I'm ready for it now. And I don't think I will be until I'm like 24, 25. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing I need to tell him. Because we've both been thinking about this marriage thing and like, it's such a thing that's been forced on me from a young age. Like, I remember when my family used to tell me, 21, you better be married. What the fuck? And then, no, but hey, listen, it went 21 and then it went, okay, finish your degree and then get married. Mm. Okay, now it's 24. So do you think that that decision has been looming over both of your heads for quite, like, uh, like unintentionally maybe but like it's been a decision that's been looming over both of your heads for quite some time and it's kind of like something that's put and i guess a bit of a strain on your relationship because obviously both of you kind of are independent and kind of know what you guys want but like this relationship of like needing to get married your your family being like you need to get married at a certain age and you obviously because you care so much about your family you also being like yeah, I guess that's kind of what I want. Like, let's get married. Like, that, or engaged by a certain point. And maybe that's also something that's been pressuring him as well. And he's not too sure if he wants to do that as well. Yeah. Like, I didn't think I realized it until like this break coming up that I was like, Oh shit. Do I, do I actually want to get married? Mm-hmm. And like, the short answer is yes. But the long answer is no, because I don't want to get married until I'm financially stable. Do I have a job? Do I feel like I am? giving just as much as I can to this relationship am I thriving in the right places and I just feel like I feel so young and stupid and immature like my mom at my age my mom at my age had two children I know but like don't you think it's kind of like a letdown with our culture like I like okay like this is like such a different well it's not really that much of a different topic but like I my my parents they do this thing where they're like oh we moved here for you we did this so you have more opportunities right mm. and so that you don't have to suffer like they did or they, you don't have to struggle like they did but then they have like the same expectations their parents had on you and it it trickles down and like again like you you your parents like they like bought you here better opportunity you know you you have like more choices you have more like opportunities for yourself like you don't have to get married you don't like your parents don't pick like who you're gonna marry you can get married like later right and it's weird how like 
you have these options, but like the subtle, like I'm gonna call it brainwashing, yeah, into like being like Mary, Mary, like even though it's like later, you're you you were still not ready, but you still thought you you wanted it in that moment, and you're like, no, this this seems natural. And after like thinking about it, like thinking what you truly want and what you're truly ready for, you're like, actually no. And that brainwashing from the parents like comes in, like. People of color, people with culture, like, we all get this a lot of the times. No, like, guess, people with culture. People with culture, yes. You, I guess that just goes to show that you can never truly get rid of generational trauma. You cannot. Because, because, like, like you said, like, even though your family has moved to, you know, this, like, this, <laughs> even though your family has moved. <laughs> sorry, we're laughing because we're just <laughs> having problems with the mic. But even though you're, you know, a family's moved from a, a, a country, you know, that doesn't have a lot of opportunity to a country that does. And now, you know, they're set up for, like, they're set up their um, kids for their kids for their kids. But to still be able to hold on to something that their parents and their grandparents, like, um, believed in and, like, their values and be like, okay, but no, 21 sounds like a great age for you to get married and, like, because that's what my family did. That's what my parents did. And it's like, you, at that moment, you realize that their trauma, like, their generational values and trauma has, like, seeped in so and, like, embedded themselves so much into your parents that they don't care if they're it in a different It doesn't even apply country. to you sometimes. It doesn't because, like, you're in a completely different environment from them. You're no longer having, like, having to go through the problems and stuff that your parents had to. Like, you're – like you said, you have so much more choices and you're, like, so much more free, I guess, in, like – but being an problem, immigrant in different countries no, yeah but the problem all of those choices bring right yeah. now they want you to be educated they want you to be successful they yeah. want you to be happy married in a loving relationship but like those, they're like no no but those choices aren't yours those choices are what is influencing you like they're not necessarily yours like you can't like like you just said like after having a thought about like you know thinking about it for quite some time you realize that yeah, you don't actually want to get married at, like, such a young age. Maybe you want to get married at, like, 24 or 25. I just want to be fucking financially secure. Right? It's because of our parents brainwashing us for so long. Be like, we struggled, so you have to do what we, we had, you have to go through what we went through, but then do, like, 10 times better, like, kind of shit like that. Like, it pisses me off so much how they do that. Now you have a platform, perform better. (laughs) For us and all the generations, for the ancestors. So, like, I don't know. Like, a good way to wrap this up is, like, I very deeply love this person. And I want to spend my life with them. But, like, do I want to spend my life with them now? Right? And I want to. A big part of me wants to because they make me so happy. And, like, I love waking up to them. I love having meals together. And we have so many amazing and great moments. But I feel like it's at the cost of me not being able to find out who I am in my true potential and in my true form. Which is like so sad because I wish I could make my cake and eat it too. And I really fucking want to. And I just like, I'm so sad that this amazing thing has happened in my life so early on. And like in trying to answer your question, maybe in a couple of years, yeah. If we, I'm. I don't want to make a pact. I don't want to make a pact. But yeah, we are not telling no, you not. that. <laughs> I don't want to make a pact. But like, say in two years' time, in two years' time, we haven't found anyone, 
In two years' time, we're willing to make those sacrifices we weren't willing to make today. Could we and would we pick up where we left off? It's just something that I can't answer. Me right now, today, I cannot. Me in two months now cannot answer that apart from the flower that will be in two years' time. Mm. And it's like... Ironic that your name's flower. And and you're like blooming in two years. Yeah. You're growing. You're changing. You know, what if in two years' time I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve here? Mm. And I could be who I need to be both here and in the city he's in. And what if I can work from anywhere, you know, with COVID and the ability of working anywhere and any, you know, anytime, anywhere is amazing. And we live in this world of technology, which allows the world at your fingertips. Maybe it could work. But the biggest thing for me is, are you willing to do the thing you want me to do for you? True. Yeah. Right? You want me to pack up my life and come and live for you. But what if tomorrow I make more money than you? Mm. Right? Are you willing to pick up your shit? Have you asked him that? Does he know? Like, it's, if that's, like, have, like, your Well, realistically, realistically, he's a STEM boy. Yeah. Engineering. <laughs> no. What's what, if, what if this, what if this podcast makes you, like, a shit ton of money? And then you're like, he's a sugar baby. We get, like, all the merch and all the sponsors, and then we're, like, millionaires. No, no. Honestly, though, it's, it's interesting because, like, we're being very helpful right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because realistically, with the STEM degree that he has and the jobs that he gets, he will make more money than me. I'm making nothing. He's making a good amount of case. Nothing right he's paying, now, but later. <laughs> he's making a, you know, he's paying them 33% taxes, to say the least, right. you know? Right. right. So in New Zealand, for those of you who are probably international listeners, 33% is like the highest tax bracket we have. What? Other countries don't know about New Zealand's tax bracket? Oh my bracket? God. What's America's happening? tax only. <laughs> Um, it's the highest tax bracket we have, and I think you pay 33% tax once you're over 70K, which is not a lot. The New Zealand average is $50,000 a year. That's the average. Wait, what? Yeah, the average annual income is fifty to 55K. That's why when you pay 33% or make over $70,000, you're considered in the upper bracket. Are you smiling because you know what your partner makes? She's confused. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, baby, we're rich. Got that, like, gif of that lady with the math equation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be like, 37. So I like, remember. How much money is that? No, I'm like thinking how much money that is after tax. Yeah, you're like, what kind of adult money is It that? averages out back to, 50, like, around that 50 to be honest, I've always been terrible with numbers. So okay. I have no idea. Guys, what you're I tried about. to fucking buy donuts today. <laughs> and I <laughs> I bought a box of 25 little uh, munchkins. And they were like, so how many of each flavor? And I was like, five of each. And they're like, sorry, ma'am, there's uh, six flavors. And I was like, <laughs> I paused for too long. And I was like, God, you could have gone two of each and then a couple of a couple of extra ones. You see, uh, my you brain know, couldn't these are, deal. These with are it. things they don't teach you. <laughs> Anyways, so when I learned about Munchkins. okay, but when I learned about taxes in school, because yeah. my uncle works is one of the armed forces. I'm not going to name which one, and he's pretty high. Mm-hmm. I don't want to name which one. Um, 
But, but she'll brag about it. <laughs> my uncle. Okay, look, I'm really proud of my uncle. He's been yeah. like my dad. Yes. Anyways, I remember when I had learned about taxes in school and I came back and I was like, hey, uncle, do you pay 33% tax? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, so you like rich, rich, my uh, guy. <laughs> and he looked at me like, cut that shit out. <laughs> Don't tell You're anyone. Done. You're done. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, he will obviously make more money than me unless I'm fucking... Find some unconventional. you guys blow up this podcast. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. If, Stream us on Spotify. Let's if, go. if people have a vengeance to take for me to be like, oh, baby, I make more money than you. To be honest, he would love to be a stay-at-home dad. He wants nothing more to, you know. Do you guys ever have that dream? Okay, I don't know about. Okay, what dream? I, I don't know why. I kind of want to, like, be the breadwinner, eh? I want to be like, no, no, babe. You be the stay-at-home parents. You make me dinner, and you have the apron on, and I come home with the briefcase. I don't think that's weird at all. I've definitely had dreams about that. Like, I, if my ideal lifestyle allowed me to, you know, as a creative or as, like, a therapist, make... Oh, okay. Is that too much information no. to tell people that I'm studying to become... Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so if my job allowed me to earn as much money... I 100% want him to cook me pasta. I walk home. He's taking care of the kids. He'll be like, honey, the kids are sleeping. We've got the whole night to ourselves. Okay. I'm like, yes. Cookies for you. I, I have a hot take, guys. I would love to be the breadwinner if it's like some really weird out the gate. Like, I don't want a nine to five. If I'm making money, like that's not from a nine to five, sure. But here's the thing. I think it's a little bit, here's my hot take. It's a little bit of, reverse feminism to be telling women that they should be the breadwinners because I think men are trying to convince us that we should be the hard workers so they can lounge around and like oh. raise the kids but here's yeah. the thing do you trust men to raise children absolutely not no I mean I've seen videos of husbands picking up kids from like their legs like <laughs> I don't think they can I, I mean like they don't have to do a good uh, they have to do a good Okay, no, no. Okay, when I when I say I like, okay, I don't want. Okay, it's weird. I don't want him to be like, you know, like trophy husband. No, I'm like, my baby deserves nice things. <laughs> like, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is I think like things like I think what it truly stems down to is like them actually caring and doing a good job yeah. as a partner in they your life. Set, they can burn the dinner. I don't care. Yeah. But I think what I think that's what it stems down to. Just like the bar is set so low for men, for us to be like, oh my god, you cooked me dinner and you actually care about your kid. Wow, you're a perfect husband. Like I think I mean, I'm not low. I'm not so low. I'm okay. Not lowering the bar. No, guys. no, no. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Is I think I would love it. My in my ideal world, we're both working part time. Mm-hmm. But even that part-time job is paying well. And then we're both raising the children. Because I'm going to say it right now. We all know that I have no respect for men. Oh, yeah. Right? Respectfully. That, respectfully. Respectfully, no respect for men. <laughs> respectfully, no respect for men. And I get it. You know how the men have this whole weaponized incompetence thing? Like, I used to do that on my mom. Like, huh? as a child. You know weaponized incompetence? Yeah. Where they play dumb. Yeah. So, I'm not here for men... You know, weaponizing incompetence, but in the same breath being like, oh, no, 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 sweetie, you go make the money. I'll take care of the kids. I don't trust you. Mm. Frankly, I do not trust you to raise the kids. Mm. I would like to live in a world where we both work part time and both try to raise the children because I'm not here for you to fuck up my kids. Like our parents have fucked up, fucked us up. That's fine. 
but like I have worked too goddamn hard. I did not push something out of my fucking vagina for you to do a half-assed motherfucking job. I feel like I feel like you flower though as someone with high standards. Like not not saying that as like a bad thing. I think it's great. But I feel like you knowing yourself enough and knowing, It's the Virgo. Yeah, knowing, knowing what kind of lifestyle you want, what kind of partner you want, I don't think you'd ever get into a situation where your partner would be terrible at taking care of your kids or taking care of the household. Like you know what I mean? Like as much as I am like fuck men. I feel like women that are competent enough to be able to pick people that are going to be the absolute best in their life, I don't think you'll put yourself in a situation where your partner would be absolutely terrible at taking care of their kids. That was a really nice compliment. Thank you very much. Uh, But I don't have faith in men. so (laughs) Respectfully. Respectfully. (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up now. Yeah, I I feel like... I don't know if we're, I don't think you need to hear advice from us. I feel like deep down you kind of you know where you're at. You ask the questions, you the scenario, and you give advice to yourself. <laughs> and we're here for moral support. Yeah, this was just an outlet for you to <laughs> rent. <laughs> well, welcome to Flowers Podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so today's episode is Broken Queens. <laughs> and me just giving myself advice, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I want to ask people advice, but I feel like they're just. It's like an echo chamber. They'll say everything I already know, right? If you guys have anything to add, feel free to comment on our on our Instagram at Lost Queens, and you can also check us out on Spotify. But side note, I also think though, like you do need moments where, even though you've repeated yourself in your head or repeated yourself in front of your mirror, and like maybe you've told us this story like twice now already, I feel like you do need that like bouncing off people people. even though like we're not adding i'm i don't know about you nick but i'm adding absolutely no value to what she's already decided or thought in her head right i feel like it's not deciding it's just like validating and like kind of confirming like you can you can tell yourself is this a good idea or is this not but unless you hear someone like validate that or be like no you're you're doing good you're you're probably not gonna follow through with it right like it you just need that like little validation it's like when you ask guys like do i look cute in this dress i'm not fucking asking for your opinion you'd be like just give me like a little indication and i will still decide okay. if i wear the fucking thing or not your opinion doesn't matter i just I, needed you to yeah. respond to me 100 because a lot of times i feel like people uh, misinterpret approval with validation we're not asking for your approval in anything we're doing. Validation and approval don't go together at all. Like, I feel like if you understand that nuance, you will not have problems <laughs> ever. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, my biggest thing is like, I want to tell my family about this. Okay. Like, I would love for my mom and my auntie and my uncle's advice. And like, I really want to go out and do an activity with my uncle for me to be real with him. And there's some adults that I want to hit up and be like, am I being unreasonable? But I also kind of don't want to hear an archaic answer of, oh, you're a female, you're, you know, he's making more money, just do what he wants to do and your life will, you'll find fulfillment in your own life. Like, I don't want to hear that. But is it something that I need to hear? And I'd love to hear people's opinions who have been in relationships, right? Like, why did in my head did I hear like in my mom's voice in like Hindi her telling me like, "Itna itna paisa kamae tum kunti kare." 
she basically <laughs> she basically said he makes so much money you know it'll just be beneficial better for both of you guys longevity wise she didn't say go that far but like longevity my mom's my mom has said this except in a way that i was like i could have married this doctor <laughs> just letting you know i had choices and you have to <laughs> i have choices and i chose your father and it may have been wrong pick, pick wisely Again, guys, you know, yeah. Choices. yeah, choices. All right, look. So basically, I just want to ask people for their opinions because I'd love to hear it. Yeah. I'm always looking on Reddit and like all of these social media platforms to be like, what are your opinions? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, being a Muslim girl, very complicated, you know, that halal haram boundary, you know, I've already pushed it so far. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep on pushing it, but I really like this guy. But is it is it right? Is it right right now? Should I give up everything? Should I not give up everything? Should I wait? I'm so freaking young, so young, twenty three. Twenty. Do you know how many? Baby. (laughs) Anyways, if you have not even like, I'm sober right now. Uh, Okay, guys. (laughs) As long as they're laughing in the back. I am in real time going through this. Please, if you have any advice to give me, you can comment on any of our Instagram posts mm-hmm. at Lost Queens. Yeah. And if you want to write to me a lengthy, lengthy description of what you're going through in your life, I will read it. Deadass. Um, our email is lostqueens313 at gmail.com. It's so, all on our link tree, so hit us up. Please, I need some advice desperately. Desperately. Please. <laughs> How much more can I ask? Please. No, no, no. Desperately. <laughs> please. Please. <laughs> and like that's us. Is this is this Lost Queens Unfiltered? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. Lost Queens Unfiltered Girls Night. Which means we're literally using one mic and we're on the floor. And we may be a little bit tipsy well not flower but two of us, two of us are definitely goners <laughs> <laughs> when are we ever when here <laughs> and i hope this wasn't that awkward of an episode anyways tell me tell me what to do that's all that's all i have to say what's my sign off Ka-chow. lost queens we're out <laughs> you're not lightning mcqueen <laughs> 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 I love it. I was like, "Kachow!" You're like, "You're not like." <laughs> yeah, that's us. I love the kachow though. And you're listening to Lost Queens. Oh.